Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Tuesday, August 11th, 2020. I'm one of your hosts, Blessing Adioye Jr., and joining me is Imran the Don Khan. Howdy. Imran, how's it going? It's going okay. My beard has officially reached the point where I can call it a soup catcher and mean it literally. Oh, man. I, you're, not, you're not touching it, though, right? You're not cutting it all. You're, you're so letting it go. I, I have decided that I do need to shape it at some point because it's just getting unwieldy. And oh, we, lo- we love it like that, though. We love it unwieldy. I'm starting to look like I just escaped from like a cave after three years. So I need to like get it into a shape that looks, you know, like a thing. The problem is nothing's open. There's the I looked it up. I was trying to find barbers in my area. There's no one that's open, which yeah. makes sense, obviously. Yeah. But like the other option is I, I posted about this on Nextdoor, which is like Boomer Paradise. But it was. I, people have DM me like, oh, I have a private person that like you go to their apartment and they do it for you. Like that sounds sketch as hell. I'm not going to do that. that. I've been trying to look into that Wait, because honestly, are you good up, with brother? the other way around? Are you good having someone come over to your house and do it to you? Hmm. I, the main, main reason I want this done somewhere else is mainly because of mess. But I think in like a last ditch effort, I think maybe I would have someone come over to my house, but I still find that pretty sketchy. Let me tell you about my, my homie, Yusef McGee. I don't know if you've met Yusef, but Yusef will hook you up. You know, he, he's the one that helped me with my haircut because I was in a very similar situation where my hair was kind of getting out of control and I needed, I needed to line up. I needed all sorts of things done. And I mm-hmm. legit, I hit up my barber. I swear to God, my barber might have changed his number because <laughs> I, called him, I called him so many times. It'll always go to voicemail uh, to the point where his voicemail box filled up. And I promise that wasn't just me. Wait. That was probably everybody trying to call him. Is that your barber? Is that the dude that were the the the, the dude that's downstairs? Yeah, Paul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, no, he's I, very I, interesting. I he's so very much. interesting. Where it's like I love I've Paul. Heard, I've heard so many people be like, yeah, and then I made an appointment and went there, and uh, he just wasn't there. <laughs> you know, Paul. Paul has some things going on in his personal life that, like, I I ain't gonna judge him for. But man, he's really good with the haircut. Like, he's really good with the clippers, and that's that's what matters. Um, but yeah, I tried it. I tried hit him, hitting him up uh, over and over again. Couldn't get a hold of him. Couldn't couldn't find a barbershop near me that was open. Mm-hmm. Finally, I broke down and I was like, "All right, I'm gonna call the homies because I may, I I may not trust the homies completely with the whole with with the whole hair situation, but I I got to do something." And I hit mm-hmm. up I hit up Yusef, and Yusef thankfully did an amazing job with my hair. Had me not looking crazy anymore. Oh, Yusuf, I, I assumed he knew a guy. He actually did it to no, like, himself. He, he did it himself, yeah. See, my thing is, I think I'm going to just get like the, my entire head just buzzed at this point. And I don't want to deal with the mess, because at this point, my hair is too long. That if I start buzzing stuff off, I'm just going to be finding hair in my apartment for the next like six oh, months. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Dude, I feel you. I feel you on that. Uh, but Imran, enough about hair. Let's talk about the next Bioshock game. Uh, having a new location, Fall Guys continuing to be popular and more because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live right here on twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when you get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosterteeth.com, or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily that never gets that never gets less scary when i bang the desk because i always remember <laughs> what you're kevin told me my face. absurd you're absolutely i was just standing on one of these desks 
standing. Yeah, but did it, did it have all the screws? You told no. me to my face that <laughs> no. there are screws I don't ever have set. all the screws. And I don't every believe time in I bang it. it, I swear it makes it, it makes more and more of a sound like it's about to collapse. Yeah, but you don't understand where the screws are missing. Like, there's no way that's going to cause the failure point. <laughs> there's Before only show, one. Head to patreon.com slash games where bronze members or above get to write in, and silver members or above get the show ad-free with the exclusive daily post show. What was that, Kevin, you are about to say? I'm like the, the screws are missing in a place where it's like they're redundant screws. I'm positive about it. You All only right. need two of them, and you have three. I think you have one missing screw. Goddamn coward! <laughs> I love the idea of Kevin just, like, having extra screws just to freak blessing out. Just like yeah, this is fine. Except Legitimately. for all these things. Like, I swear to God, Kevin was like, oh, yeah, man, I'm missing some screws as he, like, put screws in his pocket to hide them from him. <laughs> uh, thank you, uh, housekeeping, thank you to our Patreon producers, Mom and Muhammad and Blackjack. Today we're brought to you by Quip and Klarna, but I'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have six stories today. Starting with our number one, Imran, I got a question for you. Mm-hmm. What do we expect from the next Bioshock game? I'm pulling this, uh, or I'm asking you this question because there's a story from IGN that I'm pulling called Bioshock 4 seemingly won't take place in Rapture or Columbia. Uh, this is written by Wesley LeBlanc at IGN who writes, the next Bioshock may not be taking place in previous settings, Rapture or Columbia, in recent, if recent job listings are in the ind- indication. Twitter user MoroNL3 pointed out on Twitter that the studio behind the next Bioshock game, Cloud Chamber, has several job listings that seem to hint at what the team is looking to do with the next game in the series. The listing asks for, uh, for experience with Unreal Engine 4 and experience in scripted cinematic sequences, among other things. The listings also mentioned a, quote, new and fantastical world, end quote. Quote, we want, you to, we, we want you to help us breathe life into a new and fantastical world. Together, we'll set the stage for a stunning narrative and systems-driven experience, end quote. The latter part is par for the course of Bioshock, but the former is what indicates a shift away from Rapture or Columbia, considering the, the team is specifically looking for people to breathe life into a new world. A senior cinematic artist job listing mentions, quote, Wes Anderson-like precision and panache in your camera positioning and movements, end quote, and the ability to, quote, create create and implement systemic in-game scripted cinematic sequences, end quote. The listing seems to indicate, as you'd expect, that the game will indeed be a first-person shooter like the Bioshocks that came before it. Quote, develop an FPS combat paradigm that is accessible, satisfying, and allows for a high degree of player expression and experimentation within a highly reactive world, uh, a principal combat designer job listing reads. Quote, Look beyond direct conflict, accommodate various playstyles and design encounters that can be resolved through player ingenuity. End quote. Imran, whenever I whenever this new Bioshock game or this next Bioshock game is brought up, it's always one of those ones where I'm like, oh yeah, that's being worked on, isn't it? Like <laughs> they, mm-hmm. they they came out, they they said they're working on it, and then they just faded back. And I I, I feel like that's one of those things where uh, a lot of us ask for that kind of openness when it comes to the games that developers are working on, right? Like, we appreciate when people are, are pretty open and they're like, oh, yeah, we're working on a new Bioshock. You'll see it when you see it. We're not going to have an announcement trailer. We're not going to have a big thing. Um, but that leads to this. Yeah, that leads to, like, uh, 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 job listings that 
are essentially describing aspects of the game. Imran, does does it surprise you that the next Bioshock seemingly won't take place in Rapture or Columbia? It would have surprised me more if it did. Like one, you're picking up a series that you're like that is not being made by the same person who made like Ken Levine is for better or worse, kind of a rock star of game development of Bioshock specifically. So when you start taking over an auteur vision and start saying, we're going to do the same thing, we're going to put it in Columbia again, because we feel like there's more stories to be told in this world we were not actually a part of the first time, then I think that you automatically get people who were fans of that first game or that last game to hold it against your current new game. I Bioshock Infinite very firmly established this can be an anthology series super easily. Like, oh, yeah. You just have a s- couple of things that need to be in there, and they could even be abstract concepts. And it's otherwise, you just tell whatever sci-fi or fantastical story you want to. And I I would have been... Sh- if, they, if they came out and said, we're going back to Rapture for Bioshock 4, I would have been like, this game's going to be real fucking bad. But... They're not, and all that tells me is like, okay, they made a new studio and they want to make their own game, so cool. Yeah, no, th- this is this fills me with confidence and excitement for what this game is going to be because I'm with you that if they said they were going back to Rapture or Columbia, I would have been more surprised than, than this. I think this makes more sense for what Bioshock is as a franchise and what the potential of it can be, especially given the direction that uh, Bioshock Infinite went later on in the game and the things that that kind of exposed about the world of Bioshock and what the world of Bioshock can be. If they went back to Rapture, I feel like I would have got a similar vibe as you uh, of, oh man, y'all are really trying to recapture greatness here. Yeah. Like to your point of Ken, Ken Levine, Ken Levine is very much like a, like a uh, Hideo Kojima or a, uh, I guess like Cliff Blazinski, right? Like somebody who you identify as, oh yeah, you really spearheaded what this franchise was during this moment of time um and to try and recapture that i feel like wouldn't work out that well for them um or at least like would make it feel like it is a pale imitation imitation as opposed to something that is forward looking or something that is new and i know for with the jump from bioshock one and two into infinite that came with mixed reactions because i know there are people like me who loved infinite like i absolutely adore infinite i didn't mind the gameplay being more actiony i really liked the world of columbia i really liked the 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 characters you know elizabeth booker all the different ones i really liked what they did with bioshock infinite but there's also a large group of people out there that didn't like that that shift right because it felt too different like you you didn't like bioshock infinite i like bioshock infinite fine while i played it then the more I thought mm-hmm. about it afterwards, the less I was like, okay, wait, some of these things, and not they didn't make sense, not, they weren't plot holes, but they were like, this is weird writing, and I don't know what the message this game is trying to send. Because it is trying to send a message, but it gets really confused in its own way of like, okay, are you trying to take a side or are you not? And if you're not, explicitly not trying to take a side, what does that mean? And then there's also just stuff like the ghost mom that I think are like, okay, this is just straight up bad writing. This is not. This is bad pacing, bad game design. I don't understand what what it is you're trying to do here. So, like, I think Bioshock Infinite is a good game. I think it has a much stronger impression immediately after you play it, and the more discourse more and analysis it. and like that sort of stuff starts getting starts wearing that weathering that game down a bit more. Yeah, and I and I honestly had that experience with you where I I finished it, put it down, and I was like, wow. That was incredible, right? Coming off the coming off the ending, especially because of course it's Bioshock, so the ending has to blow you away. And that worked for me, where I was like, "Oh man, I can't believe!" Wait, what? This was oh my god! I had I had that kind of reaction after it, but 
as the years have gone on and as I've like seen people re re reads people, I've read people's writing on it and like heard people talk about it. I've come down on it quite a bit since my original experience with it. That said, like I'll like the 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 takeaway from that though is still less so like, hey, don't do a new setting, don't try for something new. It is more so like, hey, put a little bit more effort when you're when uh, in in certain elements of the in, of the writing in certain in certain parts of what you're doing. Um, so with that said, like I'm totally down for a Bioshock to be yeah. in a new setting, in a new place. What that looks like though is more the question I have. Like, I'm where do you like, go? The new take on it. Because, like, obviously we're talking about Ken Levine's a tour, but at the same time, Minerva's Den, I think, is actually the, the Bioshock 2 DLC. It's probably, like, the best Bioshock content of the series. So I'm I'm curious to see, like, what does a new writing team take to this game? One of the things I didn't like about Bioshock Infinite, and this is a nitpick, this is a huge-ass nitpick, but they didn't do a good job of explaining why you had powers in that game. You're just, it was just, like, Okay, this society has powers too, so they're just around. Bioshock, it's, it's, what? it's the vigor, man. You get injected with the stuff, and it's like, oh man, I can shoot crows out of my hands. But like it was actually like a very well fundamental, like seated thing of Bioshock One. Of yeah, this is what they did. This is how their entire mentality led to this kind of thing, and then this is how it also led to the downfall of their society. In Bioshock Infinite, it's just sort of like we also have powers because Bioshock One had powers, and I think. I don't. I understand why they did it from a game design perspective, but at the same time, I feel like they could. A new Bioshock has an opportunity to actually see that in a lot better. So, what do you what do you expect from a new Bioshock game? Because I'm still in the place where I'm like, I don't know how you guys follow up Bioshock One to an Infinite. Like, I yeah, don't know where you take it. If it were me, I wouldn't make it. But like, if they're gonna do a new Bioshock game, I would hope that it's. We know it's. We're guessing. I guess it's somewhat anthological at this point that it's going to be an entirely new story yeah i i think the best case scenario is it has bioshock in the name it carries that tone and tenor like bioshock carried for system shock but it it doesn't quite it doesn't need to like oh we're flashing in and here's like the references the portals that elizabeth made or if it's the big sisters and like all that stuff it is its own story that stands on its own and manages to both surprise and be it's be a classic in its own right which is asking a lot but that's what i would hope from a new bioshock game do you think they abide by some of the things they establish in infinite as far as yeah every bioshock game seems to have a tower a lighthouse, yeah. and or a lighthouse yeah and like a girl and like then xyz like every bioshock game seems to have these tenants do you think they stick with that i think they abide by it but then they twist it some way like, the tower could itself be just an abstract concept. Like, I wouldn't be shocked if that game starts and you just, like, somewhere in the game find, like, oh, here's a toy tower that we've had for whatever, and that's the tower of the game. Like, huh. it's yeah. probably too much to be beholden to exactly what Ken Levine was doing, but I think if they put their own spin and their own interpretation on it, then I think it'll be a fine game. I'm really curious about it. I'm I'm excited to see it. I I'm curious to see when they reveal it because at this point you imagine that it's a it's a next gen game. Yeah, um, they're only staffing up now, so I would guess like yeah. this game is probably three to four years away at least. Man, yeah, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, these are these are job listings, but I feel like they I feel like they revealed it a while ago, right? Or does it just feel so, like forever? About three years ago, Schreier made a story that was like like a new... A 2K studio is working on Bioshock, or a yes. new Bioshock game. 
Then about a year ago, 2K put out the press release. Less than a year ago, they put out the press release that, hey, we have a new studio. It's called Cloud Chamber. They're making a new Bioshock. So assuming that what Schreier heard was them working on a Bioshock and then stopping so Cloud Chamber can make the new one, then I'm guessing they may have some work to go off of, but they don't have like actual in-progress work. I guess, yeah, that lines up. That would make sense. So we're, we're probably looking at a... 2022 announcement maybe 2021 like if it, if it gets announced in 2021 i'm expecting just a logo at that point or like a, a short cinematic teaser yeah um, I, I would not yeah. expect anything anytime soon but who knows who knows uh story number two companies really want their own crossover skins in fall guys this is from joe scrabbles at ign and kevin i have a link to the ign article for this one because this, this is gonna be a visual story with success comes recognition, and with recognition comes brand synergy. With Fumble Royale, Fall Guys currently dominating the Steam charts, brands are falling all over themselves to become part of 2020's unexpected gaming success story. Fan art for popular games is par for, the, par for the course, and you only need to take a look at Fall Guys' Twitter account to see some of the fantastic fan creations for, for beanified costumes. It just so happens that some of those fan, fan-run social media accounts uh, for often complete are for often completely unrelated companies. Um, and Kevin, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Sorry, I'm um, getting oh, yeah. it going. Cool, get it yeah. going because I because uh, some of these some of these crossover costumes. That's what I'm talking about, dude. That's what I'm talking about. Look at it. <laughs> See, like so right now we're looking we're looking at the KFC one that was uh, tweeted out by KFC Gaming, which. A thing that I learned from this story is that way too many companies have gaming Twitter accounts, and I don't understand why. Well, remember KFC uh, did that weird ad where they were like, this is our console, and it was like, this isn't funny. I do remember Wait, that. When was, I don't remember that. That was that like was a month ago. Yeah. I must have knocked out or something. I don't remember them doing that. Man, I know KFC it does really like makes me want KFC. Stuff. I feel like KFC is nailing it, you know what I mean? They've got I, I mean, I feel sandwiches, it. honestly. Like... I don't like the fried chicken, like the stuff on a bone, but the chicken sandwiches are fine. Do you know what chicken sandwich I had recently that's changed my life? I had a Jollibee chicken sandwich, and legit, it was tasty. Bless, didn't I? I Didn't I tell you? Didn't I tell you Jollibee fucking got it? We were talking about Jollibee has it, man. Dude, their chicken is so good. It's like it was. It was like hot too. Like I know food is supposed to be hot, but like <laughs> the chicken. Like I don't. I don't expect that kind of heat from fast food, you know. And I took. I took my first bite, and I was like, "Yo, this is incredible." I Bless. still haven't had the Popeyes one, um, and I know that Popeyes one, people, one is fine. People stand just, by. Like I know there's a lot of hype towards that thing. It's it's fine. It is as good as other chicken fried chicken places. It's not demonstrably better. Mm. Kevin, what was that you about to say? I was going to say, what if after in review, we go to K- no to um, Jollibee and we get some chicken? Fuck, See, I'm down for that. Yeah, I know, I but would. here's the thing, Imran. Me I've and had, Bless had are equal last walk, walking distance away from this particular store. Yeah, no, it is, it is very close, mm-hmm. and that's it's also kind of dangerous because I had Jollibee twice last week, two days in the a row. The problem <laughs> is, it's is it drive through only? Yeah, right? Or yeah. Well, I mean, there's that Jollibee at... Uh... Let's not name names. Yeah. <laughs> I try to dox ourselves. Uh, I, the, both, the, both of the times I went, it was drive-thru. But I feel like I saw a line of people outside. Have you and so noticed maybe it might the drive-thru is insane? Like, the drive 
Dude, it's one of the I, longest drive-throughs I've seen. <laughs> it's it's out of this world because I went on Friday when you guys were doing Avengers, and I had to go do I had to go do some some Wii stuff. And I was like, all right, I have a whole plan for this afternoon. I'm going to uh, go do this thing. I'm going to go to the bank. I'm going to go to the lease. And then I'm going to go get – or no, I, I was going to go to Jollibee's first, go to the bank, go to the place, go to the next place. And I went to Jollibee's first, and the line was unlike anything I ever – it was it – was, for a second, I was like, are these cars social distancing? Like, why is this line so long? Like, what is going on? Um, and so I ended up having to go do all my other stuff first. Came back to Jollibee. The line was slightly. Are you about to put us on Google? Oh, okay, no, you're looking up Jollibee. I see. Um, <laughs> for a second, I thought you were opening up a Google Maps, and I was like, Kevin, no. I Kevin, know what stop. I'm doing. Look at this. <laughs> you know oh I mean? my god. I don't like the spaghetti. It's too sweet for my liking. I'm yeah. with you, but that's like the style, though. No, like, I know, the... I know. I just wasn't raised with it. You know. Yeah, well, that's not true. I, I was either. raised with it, but I just I didn't. You know. I forgot I until right the second that Jollibee is an indivisible. Like I don't, I forget if it's actually called yeah. Jollibee, but they had the logo in there. Because Jollibee, as I understand, it, is like a big Filipino chain. Yeah, it's a big Southeast Asian, like, thing. Yeah. You know, I might be so down good. for some Jollibee. I want later. some chicken so bad, and maybe a peach mango pie. Oh God, I'm oh, disgusting. Man. Dude, <laughs> and they have the um the hot dog too. I got the hot dog last night last time. Is it, it was, chili dog? I can't remember. Yeah. Well, okay. no. The one I got was a chili dog. I'm sure they have chili dogs. The one I got was basically a regular hot dog with ketchup and cheese, like uh, cheddar cheese on it. It was great. Um, but yeah, we got a, a KFC gaming crossover skin here. If we scroll a little bit down, um, or if you go, well, we're, st we're still on the Jollibee Google <laughs> Images page and the video version. Kevin, you're just making me hungry now. Yeah. All right, too. here we go. I didn't scroll a little bit down further. We got Walmart Canada tweeted their own. Uh, crossover skin for Fall Guys with bas basically just a Fall Guy jelly bean wearing. Who is the their Photoshop Walmart. guy? Because he didn't do a great job, you know. I mean, I mean they do a, as good a job at Photoshop as they do with like hiding that account. So the the account that tweeted it. God damn it! You just Walmart... stepped on a great joke. Just so you know. <laughs> Wait, sorry. What was the joke? I missed it. I apologize. I'm not gonna repeat it now. Now it's not funny. It would be kind of funny. Um... <laughs> The the account that tweeted this one is the Walmart Canada gaming account, which again there are too many gaming accounts. It only has a bit over nine thousand followers, so I understand that their Photoshop skills aren't immaculate, <laughs> Kevin. I come on, they don't have one person that can do a slightly. Look at this; his shoulders aren't right there. What is it supporting? Like, how is it on? You know what I mean? You get what I'm saying? Like what are we supposed saying. to pretend that it's, it's plastic see-through straps on the top here? Come on! If that if that one upsets you, scroll down just a little bit more. <laughs> like, what the fuck is this? I can't even. This is, I mean, this this is, this is brilliant. This is the funniest G thing I've ever seen. Oh, that's seen. a gaming chair. That's, yeah, it's a gaming mm. chair. So GT Omega tweeted out their version, and it, it's basically just a Fall Guy jelly bean as a gaming chair. Um, it is something. See, here but, we go. Like, someone in the chat is like saying, "Oh, wait, Katana SD is like that's the joke, Kevin." No, this is the joke. This is funny. <laughs> You know what I mean? The other one is just poor skills. This, they butchered it, you know? <laughs> and it's funny. <laughs> so, like, jokes and funniness aside, because this really is, like, a let's have fun kind of story. Fall Guys, we talked about this yesterday. Fall Guys is seeing extreme success. And, mm -hmm. like, they are getting reached out to by all these different big companies that have their skins as, like, crossover skins in the game. We saw on Twitter, I think it was last week or the week before last week, they hit up uh, CD Projekt Red about getting crossover stuff for Witcher and Cyberpunk. Like 
Fall Guys is seeing meteoric success. And I don't know. I think I think this is pretty cool. As cheesy as some of this stuff is, and as much as, I, as I'd probably roll my eyes at a Walmart skin in Fall Guys, like I'm not against the idea of getting some ridiculous skins. Well, it's there. smart because like let's say they get paid by the, the company to put in the skin. They give the skin away for free. Then whether or not you buy the skin or see it in the store or whatever, you're going to see that skin because there's a, like 60 people per match. There's yeah. a good chance that somebody has downloaded the free skin is wearing it. It's yeah. like, and for a small indie company that I'm sure is like struggling with server stuff and just costs in general, this is probably a boon for them. It would be cool if they did this for free for us. That's all I'm saying. The Greg Miller skin. Can we? Where it looks I like Greg tweet... Miller's eating. <laughs> one of these guys. Honestly, this is incredible, and I would like people to tweet at Fall Guys on Twitter and get this Greg Miller skin in the game because I think it's worth it. I think you this would be great. Tweet at Devolver because they would be the publisher for it. Yeah, and Devolver. Yeah, is but the I kind think of... it's funnier to tweet at uh, the Fall Guys like Twitter. True, but Devolver is also very like, they, t- they take dumb jokes and then they actually make things out of them. So I would tweet bet at Devolver and tweet at Fall Guys and get this get this in front of their eyes. Get kind of funny. Get the kind of funny logo and a Greg Miller costume, please. Story number three: The Last of Us Part Two is getting a new huge update. This is Jonathan Dornbush at IGN. The Last of Us Part Two's new grounded difficulty and permadeath mode are available Thursday, August thirteenth, to players as part of a free update, alongside other options and improvements. As teased by a pair of trophies added to the game yesterday, players can now earn two new rewards, one for beating The Last of Us 2 with permadeath enabled, and another for beating the game on grounded difficulty. These two trophies will not be necessary to earn the platinum, however. Grounded is a, is a returning hardest difficulty mode featured in the original Last of Us as well. That version of Grounded stripped away several key elements from players, severely reduced resource availability, and made foes all the more difficult to defeat. Meanwhile, permadeath can seemingly be enabled on any difficulty. The Last of Us 2 will keep track of what you killed, what difficulty you played on, what aspect of the game you were tackling, and how long you lasted. Additionally, Naughty Dog has added a host of graphics, audio, and gameplay modifiers that can also be or that can now be included in your playthrough. These elements include Mirror World, Mirror on Death, Slow Motion, Bullet Speed Mode, Infinite Ammo, Infinite Crafting, Infinite Melee Durability, Infinite Listen Mode Durability, Infinite Listen Mode Range, One Shot, Touch of Death, 8-Bit Audio, 4-Bit Audio, Helium Audio, and Xenon Audio. Additionally, more options have been added to the game, uh, including some specific to to visual and HUD elements, plus more. Film Grain Adjustment... Film Grain... Film Grain... Why can't I say this? Film film Grain Adjustment option there's a lot of words uh disable listen mode option motion sensor function aiming option arc throw hud display option aim acceleration scale option aiming ramp power scale option accessibility improvements to ground zero encounter and rope gameplay additional and additional accessibility improvements a lot of cool stuff there yeah Um, as someone who just finished the game i kind of wish i waited a little bit because some of this stuff sounds useful yeah, and that's my that's like my only like I'm not gonna complain about this because all the stuff they're adding is like really cool stuff, and they like they didn't necessarily even need to add so much of this, and they're doing this kind of out of the kindness of their own hearts and wanting to improve their game. Um, but I wish we got this a little bit sooner, you know, when, especially when it comes to the um like the graphical stuff, right? The mirror world or the mirror the mirror on death slow motion, like that yeah. stuff. I think would be cool for a second playthrough, but I feel like by now people have already people have already beaten the game once and maybe have already started the second playthrough already or beaten their second playthrough by now. Um, 
I, I feel like it's been it's been long enough. And also, I reviewed the game and played it before launch, so maybe it just feels longer for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but part of me thinks that if this is released a little bit sooner, more people would have given more people would have dived deep into some of these elements. That said, the, the accessibility yeah. stuff is always welcome and is all, so cool. always cool. I don't know that I would ever put permadeath on in any game, much less the like. Once you get to the Rat King, I feel like I would hate permadeath so much. Oh, I feel you on that. I feel you yeah. on that. that I I want to watch streams of people doing permadeath on like grounded. I feel like that could be a very entertaining thing. Yeah, I bet um, there are people who are that good, and that makes me yeah. insane. Story number four: GoldenEye sixty four remake has been shut down. Uh, this is from James Bachelor at GamesIndustry.biz. The, the developers of GoldenEye twenty five, a fan remake of Nintendo sixty four bestseller, have been have been ordered to cease development. In a statement shared via Twitter, the team said it had kindly asked it had been kindly asked by MGM Studios and license holder Dan Jack to shut down their project and will be complying. GoldenEye 25 aimed to recreate the single-player missions of the original game on PC and Unreal Engine 4, with plans to launch around its forebears' 25th anniversary in August 2022. It it would have been a free release, but MGM and Dan Jack have still decided to protect their rights. Quote. This is always in the back of our heads as a possibility, but we've tried our best to keep going, the team wrote. We cannot do a Bond game, but we can still do a great game with all the beloved aspects of our favorite 90s action shooter, end quote. Work on the game will now be redeveloped into Project I- or Project Lannis. I think Lannis? Yeah, Project Lannis is what I'm going to call it. Or Iannis. Uh, the original GoldenEye25 Twitter, Twitter account will be deleted later this week, replaced by one for the new project. So this is one of those ones where I didn't realize the GoldenEye thing was happening until it got yeah. canceled. And like this isn't a, this isn't something that's like new necessarily. We see this happen from time to time. I know another Metroid 2 remake was canceled by Nintendo right before Nintendo uh, revealed. Uh, I forget which what it's called. Samus Returns, Metroid yeah. 2, Samus Returns. So that came uh, back didn't come out. It it did it didn't finish development. It did come out. Just Nintendo killed it after that. Oh yeah, they did. Yeah. Um, and so like. This is kind of par for the course if you're trying to homage something or recreate something. Um, but that said, I still I I think a a Goldeneye remake in Unreal Engine Four sounds like an amazing idea. That I'm still I'm still excited for whatever the, this project is going to be. Despite that, they definitely should have known better. Like they they should have known or not known better. I should say they should have known this was going to happen. And they say like, yeah, we thought it would be a possibility. Like. No, even if Nintendo didn't get involved, MGM would have. Like, Bond has so many license holders that this was not going to be a thing that ever saw the light of day. Uh, it is cool they're reworking into its own thing, but yeah, I. The history of GoldenEye Remix is a lot more fraught than people think. And there have been, there are a lot of parties involved that keep wanting to go forward, but other parties also, like, stop it. So I'm not shocked that a probably I've not looked seen this thing, so I'm gonna guess it's good looking, but a probably good looking Goldeneye thing got killed. I the the article points out, but they didn't plan to sell it. That usually doesn't matter from like a legal legal perspective. Like they are going to kill it off if they feel like they want to, and if they don't, then they might just let it live if it doesn't sell. Like if it's not for money, whether or not a project is free mostly doesn't matter. And that's what a lot of fan games they did yes. think about. Is that, I, from a legal perspective, it's no much. It's not that much better if you didn't talk about it versus did if you did talk about it and like just release it out. But 
you if you actually want to just put it out there and just hide your tracks, that's probably the better plan. What are your what are your thoughts on fan games in general? Because I kind of I I appreciate them from a creativity perspective and then also the perspective of hey if i want to become a game developer or if i want to get good at my craft or get better at my craft like the best way to do that is by recreating something or copying something or taking inspiration from something and like that's where so many people get their start in like across multiple creative creative mediums not just development um and so from that i like i tend to appreciate fan creations and from the idea of like yeah the original ip holders holders aren't making this themselves like why not let other people work with them but on the other on the on the other hand right like you're you're kind of subject to this at any moment right like that thing can get shut down at any moment and like you know you can't there's nothing you can do about it what are your what are your thoughts on it i mean so so like yeah you're right that making a fan game based on a thing that you already know and you like is a good way to get experience in video game development it's also it depends on the company. Like if you're like Sonic fans tend to get a lot of really good. I saw a really amazing looking Sonic fighting game the other day, like a fan made fighting game. I was like, okay, this is cool. This person could make a really good fighting game out of this. But right now they just want to make a Sonic one. Sega's probably not going to stop down on that. Sega doesn't like. I'll, I'll send you the link, but later blessing because you look <laughs> interested. But yeah, I am interested. But Sega's probably not going to care. There's a, mm. a team that was like really loves Earthbound slash Mother, and they made a game, or they were making a game called Mother 4, which is insane, because Nintendo is going to come down on that. Whether Nintendo ever intends to make another Mother 4 or not, they're going to come down on a thing that you're saying, here's the actual sequel to a game that we loved. I, they ended up having to rename that thing and make it its own game. So that's like, now that, that that's happening, that means a a mother-like game is going to exist and be viable in it for an indie audience. I think it's a good thing to do to make fan games, especially if that's how you re- if that's how you want to get in into game development. But if you're doing that because you think people should see how I want to make the next Metroid, it's not going to work out that way. It's gonna like I think it worked out that well for AM2R guy because I think he ended up getting hired hired somewhere, but most of the time it's going to be you're going to get shut down and most of that work is not going to go anywhere yeah. you'll get some experience but like... and, I, I, and i believe it, it worked it kind of worked that way for um i forget who what his name is but um dude who worked on sonic mania like i think he was known right for yeah. yeah he was known for like sonic creations before yeah like there are instances in which that stuff translates but most but of the time be- it's going to result in like like a lot of work being lost to be clear, like Christian Whitehead did all that stuff, and then he started getting official projects from Sega, and then he established himself as an actual like a, a an experienced developer with his own studio and all that stuff. And mm-hmm. then Sonic Mania came, so it's not like Sega just like, hey, this guy's doing some fan games, let's do this thing. It's there's a lar- longer road that I think people see that and they're like, oh, I can go from fan games to working on official stuff. It's rarely that like that concrete. Story number five, Yoshino, Yoshinoro Ono is leaving Capcom. This comes from James Batchelor at gamesindustry.biz. Capcom brand manager Yoshinori Ono is leaving the company. Ono, who has become the face of the Japanese publisher's activity around Street Fighter, announced his res- resignation in a Twitter update regarding this year's Capcom Pro Tour. According to the statement, he'll leave at some point this summer. No reason for his departure was given. Ono has worked at Capcom for almost 30 years and has been a producer on Street Fighter since 1998. Quote, 
I've been working with Street Fighter with the Street Fighter brand for a long time. Experienced good times, bad times, and even non-existent times. My heart is filled with appreciation to those players who have been giving giving warm and kind support on the brand, especially over the past decade or so, as all the activities on the Street Fighter brand regained sunshine and grew its liveliness. End quote. So there you go. Congratulations to Yoshinoro Ono. I don't think this is... Or maybe not congratulations. This is not a congratulations. This is him What do you know about this? I know a decent bit. I've met Ono a couple of times. I I have a decent, like, foothold within the politics and organization of Capcom. Uh, This is a banishment closet resignation. Like, you don't fire people in Japan. This is him, like, him being demoted and then not getting any responsibilities and just kind of having to resign. This is not a, a new story with Capcom. This happens fairly frequently, actually. Like, uh, Inafune, whatever you think of him, he, when he exited Capcom, he gave a very long interview saying, like, yeah, it really sucks there now. Uh, Platinum, when all when that was founded, it was because everyone from Capcom left because they didn't like working there. Because Capcom is a very profit-driven company. Unless, unless your name is Sujimoto, which is the name of the CEO slash a lot of the more protected producers there, you're unlikely to you know get away with a lot of things. Ono had a series of very like public mistakes. And from what it sounds like, we t- Tim and I talked about this on Thursday, but it sounds like Street Fighter VI just wasn't going well, and they had to take Ono off the project and replace it with someone else. And I think that was probably the last draw for Capcom, and this is probably why he's resigning now. Interesting. That's well, in that case, that is a very big bummer. Uh, Dale writes in to patreon.com slash kind of funny games with even more context and says, It's sad to see the man who brought Street Fighter back to prominence and elevate the, the esports scene leave. I thought I'd write in to give additional context to owner's departure since I know the KF crew doesn't follow the ins and outs of the of the fighting game scene. Ono was demoted in April to head of esports division for Capcom. Most Capcom fighters under his tenure uh, since Street Fighter 4 have not hit sales goals and or had bad receptions at launch. Street Fighter X Tekken in 2012 massively underperformed in addition to having on-disc DLC characters and Sony exclusive characters. Darkstalkers HD released in 2013 uh, didn't sell well after Ono teased a new entry instead. Wait, hold on. Didn't sell well after Ono teased a new entry instead prior. Mm-hmm. Ultimate Street Fighter 4 in 2014 undersold because six months later, Street Fighter 5 was announced. On top of all this, Ono was one of the leading heads behind Deep Down and its Panther Ray, Ray engine not, neither ever neither ever saw the light of day. Yeah. So yeah. yeah Very he, unfortunate situation. It's unfortunate. I, like, I have heard some stories that make it sound like he was very difficult to work with. That a lot of Capcom people just hated working with him because he had a my way or the highway mentality. But yeah. it, it does suck because, as Dale said, Ono was one of the leading forces behind SF4. He had that game was also in his prototype phases, making a lot of mistakes. But they, they did iron those out and they did fix it. And I was gonna say, game, Street Fighter 4 got there eventually, right? Yeah, like the initial release did revitalize fighting games, honestly. Like, while it was that scene was dead for a very, very long time. Mm. So you can give him a lot of credit. It sounds like, like Dale mentioned, deep down, Panoray, like. Sounds like the stuff with Street Fighter Cross Tekken was supposed to be a huge thing, and it ended up being a kind of a rushed project. Like people don't yeah. realize how bad that game kind of ended up being. Like you know how in fighting games, if you do a low kick with Ryu and you do a low kick with E Honda, they're going to be different damage values, right? Because those are yeah. different kinds of characters. 
Schaefer across deck and everyone's low kick, everyone's medium punch, every whatever. As long as the the button inputs are the same, they did the same amount of damage. And it's a ridiculous thing to do a fight, balance a fighting game that way because it doesn't have time. And making a game like that and it not being big was probably the thing that got everyone on Capcom being like, okay, maybe maybe we're not doing this with Ono so much anymore. And it sounds like Street Fighter Six was the actual last straw. Yeah. Yeah, Street Fighter, Street Fighter X Tekken was one of those ones where I never understood why the game came out and was the bummer that it was. Because I remember playing it at the time being like, why? Like, how do you how do you mess this up? Like, it's Street Fighter X Tekken. Like, this should be... Th- this is what so many people were asking for and waiting for. And I'm still, like, I'm still holding out hope for Tekken X Street Fighter, especially with Tekken 7 having uh, Akuma in there. And it's seeming, it, it, it seeming to work perfectly, you know, with that character. Like, I, I still want that game. For Tekken X Street Fighter? It's never coming. I asked. I, I think I asked Harada about it two years ago, and he was like, "We're only focusing on Tekken Seven. I was like, "Okay, but what's after Tekken Seven? He's like, "More Tekken Seven." So I was like, "Okay, I guess they just really don't want to talk about Tekken X Street Fighter in any form." Yeah, and like, I don't know. It's a bummer because I think that game could be good. Like Street Fighter X Tekken is a game that I think should have been good and just like got fucked up. There's a lot, a lot of aspects of that process. game that are great. Like. It has a, such an amazing roster. Like, there's a lot of. I mean, the roster is great. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of care put in the personalities of those characters. I think they could have even done some cool things with that, like fighting system, given enough time. But it just it didn't get there. Yeah. Um. The Tekken X Street Fighter, though, like with how good Tekken Seven is, there's there's something there that 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 they could pull together. Um. But I I don't blame them for not wanting to do it. Like, especially with how Street Fighter X Tekken turned out. Yeah. Our last news story for the day, story number six, this is a Greg joint because Greg added this to the doc uh, late in the game. Daybreak has acquired Cold Iron Studios is publishing a new Alien game. This is, com- this is from a press release. Daybreak Daybreak Games, global publisher and developer of large-scale multiplayer online games such as H1Z1, EverQuest, Planet Side 2, and DC Universe Online, today announced it acquired Cold Iron Studios, the San Jose-based studio veteran MMO, action, and shooter, shooter developers currently working on a PC and console game set in the iconic Alien universe. Exciting stuff. They announce a new Alien game every, like, six months. It feels like that, right? Like, what was the last really good one? I want to say... I mean, it was Alien Isolation. Yeah, Isolation was the last one I feel like was critically acclaimed. And there hasn't... Has there even been an Alien game? Well, yeah, has there even been an Alien game since then? I'm the, I'm the last person you should be, you should be asking about alien, <laughs> alien games coming out. I just feel like there's always one in development. Um, yeah. But cool. Like, cool. exciting stuff. Uh, Imran, I'm really excited to see what the future of this alien game is going to be, but that future is probably so far away. If I want to know what's coming out to Mama Grop Shops today, where would I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform is listed by the kind of funny games Daily Show hosts each and every weekday. Do 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 yeah. Out today. Is it wrong to try and pick up girls in a dungeon infinite combat for PS4 and Switch? Kevin, please look that up. I need it's to know based what that on a is. manga. I've read the manga and it's real bad. Oh, and I really need to know what this is. Uh, Hyperscape is out today for PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Prehistoric Dude is out for PS4 and PC. Brunch Club is out today for PS4 and Xbox One. Southern Cross Battle Force is out for PC. Find the Letter is out for PC. Dungeon Throne is out for PC. Astral Chain Towers for PC. Willie Morgan in the Curse Astral of... Towers, not Astral Chain Towers. 
Oh, did I say Astral Chain Towers? Yes. Astral Towers for PC. Willie Morgan and the Curse of Bone Town for PC. <laughs> Kevin, I'm going to need to look that one up also. Uh, drag for PC. Risk, And then Risk of Rain 2 officially releases out of Steam's early access program. Rated T. Um, and then for new dates, Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2 has been delayed to 2021. And then Greg adds a note here. He says, fuck, fuck, fuck. That was one of my PlayStation League picks. So there you go. Of course, our PlayStation Fantasy League is the thing we got going on on PSLW XOXO. Uh, and Greg had Vampire the Masquerade's Bloodline 2, but now he is fucked. Uh, and then Dirt 5 has been delayed by a week. It will now it'll, it'll now launch on Xbox One, PS4, and PC on October 16th with three days early access for Amplified Edition players. We're looking at Hold up, I need to look up that game, that name again because it's a long one. We're looking at, is it wrong to try and pick up girls in a dungeon, infinite combat? So, like, the basic premise of this story is that the main character has a patron saint god and goes into dungeons and all that stuff. The patron saint god has the one of the strangest designs of because she, like, she's a buxom, her, she's a buxom little girl and has, like, a ribbon from arm to arm that, like, holds up her tits. Interesting. Yep. It's fascinating. Yep. I like that. That gave uh, exactly that... what you think it is. Kevin, can you also look up Willie Morgan and the Curse of Bone Town? Because I, I really need to know. Man, I hope it's not skeletons. I mean, I do hope it is skeletons, but I wonder... Oh, it's going to be skeletons. Yes. But, like, maybe there's some, uh, there's, there's some stuff behind the skeletons, you know? <laughs> maybe there's some stuff behind the skeletons. I will say I'm very excited for Hyperscape coming out today. I've been waiting for that one, that one to hit consoles because I've been playing it on PC. And let me tell you, I suck when it comes to uh, PC shooters. All right. We're looking at the Curse of Bone Town here. Fa- a famous archaeologist. Uh, I can't say worse today. Archaeologist. <laughs> today, his son. All right. So it looks like an adventure game. I just need to know what Bone Town is. Like, this game doesn't look bad, honestly. Like, it looks like a pretty good style for an indie game. Yeah. But, like, there's not much going on. So he's just walking around a lot of places. It's like a 2D adventure game. You gotta have patience when it comes to Bone Town. You do. You can't, you yeah. can't rush Bone Town. Bone Town very much seems... <laughs> Join Willie. His name is Willie also, which we gotta point out. Like, I, I'm just looking for, like, any sense that they know and are aware of the name. I feel like if we heard, because there's obviously narration going on over this, or at least I would guess there's narration going on over this. I feel like if we, if we heard the audio, there'd probably be narration indicating that, like, yes, there this isn't. is tongue in cheek. Just to be there, clear, there, there is not. There isn't. No. Right, okay. Well, this trailer. So you hear it. Let me, let me no, go I, further back because no, right there there wasn't. It's fine. I, I'm giving up the ghost on this one. I, I don't know if this one has any value. Is the phone ringing? He's talking. What's he saying there? Letter from He's like, I, dear Willie, it's dad. It's dad. And I can't hear the rest because back. Dad's returning to Bone Town. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know if that one's doing anything for me. Dad's returning Sadly. to Bone Town should be a on a shirt. Now it is time for Reader Mill. You can write into Patreon.com/slash Kind of Funny Games where you can get the show ad free. And speaking of ads, this episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily is brought to you by Quip. Let's talk about brushing our teeth. 75% of us use old, worn-out bristles that are ineffective, and even more people forget to floss daily. Good health starts with good habits. Quip makes it easy by delivering all the oral care essentials you need to brush and floss better. The Quip electric toothbrush has timed sonic vibrations with 30-second pulses to guide a dentist-recommended two-minute routine, and there's even a size-down version designed for kids. 
Paired with Quip's anti-cavity toothpaste in mint or watermelon, you get all the ingredients teeth actually need and none that they don't. Quip also has an eco-friendly refillable floss with a dispenser you keep for life and expanding string that helps to clean in between. Quip brush heads, toothpaste, and floss refills are automatically delivered on a dentist-recommended schedule every three months for just $5 each. A friendly reminder when it's time for a refresh and to stay committed to your oral health. And shipping is free. Join over 3 million happy customers and practice good oral care uh, easily and affordably with Quip starting at $25. And if you go to getquip.com slash games right now, you'll get your first refill free. That's your first refill free at getquip.com slash games. Spelled G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash games. Quip, the good habits company. We're also brought to you by Klarna. Thanks to Klarna for supporting Kind of Funny Games daily. In Sweden, they don't shop, they Klarna. Klarna is a revolutionary new online shopping app from Sweden that allows you to shop thousands of online stores and pay for anything in four easy, interest-free payments. That makes shopping smoother. With the Klarna app, you can shop anywhere online from the one app. It's easy to use and convenient to browse thousands of online stores from one convenient place. Pay for anything in four interest-free payments. Paying after delivery allows you to try before you buy, and you can also report returns directly in the app. Get the best deals with customized price drop alerts on items you've saved to your wish list. It's always good to shop smarter and save money. Create and share share wish lists of items with family and friends from anywhere online. It's a fun, easy way to show what kind of products you like. Tim loves how easy it is to find what you're looking for and to get set up. Klarna is a smoother, friendlier, Swedisher way to shop online. It's the one-stop shopping app for browsing and buying anything online, all in one app, and allows you to pay for anything in four interest-free, easy payments. Download the Klarna app today. That is K-L-A-R-N-A, Swedish for shopping. And Ron, I have two questions for you. I got some breaking breaking questions for you first, Blessing. Oh, hit me. So I was made aware on Twitter from What's Good Games Brittany that she is replying she is replying to the PSI love you thumbnail and pointing out that it has both yakuza and bloodborne as games you guys have never played so who is at fault here who needs to be talked to so for context i i greg has not played bloodborne or he's played very little of bloodborne i played half of bloodborne and i i'm still meaning to get back to it to finish it that was an undertaking i took on this year uh of course pslvxoxo live today the whole the the topic of the show for the episode was our, our video game pile of shame and so we both very much acknowledge that bloodborne is a is a shame point Qu- a question that i'm gonna throw back at you Emron, is the yakuza thing is me specifically and this comes mm-hmm. from a place of i want to i want to play yakuza and or judgment because I think those are games that I would like. I am I'm stuck between starting with judgment or Yakuza Zero. That's the that's the decision I'm trying to make right now. I would say either one's a good starting point. Yakuza Zero is I feel like a better game. Judgment is a little more detective-y and less uh less crime drama-y. Okay. I, okay. I I would I would recommend Yakuza Zero personally, but I could definitely see you starting with Judgment and liking that better. So honestly, it's a coin flip. Yeah, and that 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 the thing that is pulling me towards Judgment is one I like the detective stuff, like that sounds up my alley. And then also I know Judgment has English VO, which yes, I'm, you, would, you I, might I, appreciate I a dub more. Yeah, um, and I know Yakuza. And this is actually a question for you also. Yakuza Like a Dragon is coming out soon. Mm-hmm. Is that a, is that a sequel? to yakuza 6 
I mean, it's, it's technically Yakuza 7, but it is a new character, a new story. There are some references and characters from older Yakuza games, but like I... So, so theoretically, I, I could game, jump into that one new. Theoretically, yes. It, it would not like necessarily prepare you for older games because the battle sim is so different, but if you like that, you could like you might like the next Yakuza game as opposed to the old ones. Because that that's I'm 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 battle I'm having that battle too because Yakuza like a dragon one seems to have English VO and then also the battle system is turn based as opposed to the beat 'em up style that's in the previous Yakuza's which yeah sounds sounds cool to me like the the gameplay I've seen of Yakuza like a dragon seems cool. I would say like so Yakuza Zero might get overwhelming for you because there's Kiryu has three different fighting styles. Majima, I think, has three as well. And they also have, like, bonus styles. You have to... That game is also extremely long. It is Persona 5 Royal mm-hmm. long. Oh. So you might not, oh. like, ever actually finish it. Oh. Uh, it Judgment is considerably shorter and has fewer styles. It might be a better onboarding point. Mm-hmm. All right. This is helping me make my decision. Thank you, Imran. I do have a question, though, from Mike who writes into patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames and says, in yesterday's show, you guys mentioned the crazy amount of exposure Fall Guys would have if it also hit Game Pass. Do we know if publishers sign a contract preventing, preventing them from going to competitions to the competition's offering when they join Game Pass or PS Plus? So We Imran, don't know for sure. Mm-hmm. But there's like, we can guess pretty, we can guess that there are like streaming, ex- or not streaming, uh, there are deal exclusivity things. Like, a good example is GTA 5. GTA 5 was on Game Pass up until like a month before, maybe a couple of weeks before, it went for free on Epic Game Store. And it was replaced by Red Dead Redemption on Game Pass. But they, I'm guessing there was a thing of like, it can't be free on two services at once. I would, I would bet probably when Sony makes a deal for a PS Plus game, especially a PS Plus game at launch, like, okay, it has to be exclusive to here for now. I don't think that precludes them to ever, like, never being on Game Pass, because obviously next month that's not going to be a PS Plus game anymore. Yeah. But I I don't think they probably could have done both at once, especially since they don't really have a whole lot of negotiating heft. Yeah, and that's my thing. I think for the most part, it is probably a case-by-case basis, depending on what's happening. Because Fall Guys, of course, is a console exclusive to PlayStation right now, uh, and mm-hmm. it's also on PC. I Fall Guys 100% is going to come to Xbox at a certain point. Like, yeah. it, it's not PlayStation published. Like, the, PlayStation kind of takes ownership of it because it's on PS Plus. But as far as we understand, right, there's no deal in place to keep that from going to other consoles. And we've seen, we, I, we've seen cases before where something is on PS Plus for one month and then later down the line comes to Xbox Game Pass. Like, I believe that was the situation with Yakuza Kiwami. Like, I think that was on PS right. Plus and now is on Game Pass. And so, like, it's not impossible i would doubt that there is a deal in place here because i don't know why you would make the deal that like hey yeah we're putting on ps plus you're never coming to game pass because i feel like as the fall guys developer you'd, pro- you'd probably be like uh, i don't know about that one i don't I, I i feel like i'd rather not launch on ps plus then if that's the case if you're never gonna let me go on a game pass yeah. um so it like, seems like this worked out pretty well for them in general yeah i mean it, this did work out for them well but like imagine imagine fall guys coming to game pass let's say sometime next year right like what does that do for them that then allows them to have another another uptick like eliminating eliminating that option entirely i feel like would be a bad a bad deal for them as good as this is for them right now my bet is next year xbox and switch and probably like for sure or whatever 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. One hundred percent. Like, I th- I think that's definitely gonna be the, be the case. I can also see it being a thing of, hey, yeah, like with next gen, um, when uh uh Fall Guys makes its way to let's say Xbox One, right? It's also coming to Series X. It's also coming to Switch. And it's also coming to PS Five. Like that mm-hmm. feeds like big coming out party to all the different platforms. Yeah, I can see it. One more question. Madoc Nick 96 from Massachusetts writes in and says, Good day, Blessing and Imran. With Media Molecule showcasing a Ratchet and Clank creation in Dreams by a developer at Insomniac, does this mean Sony is more open to players creating things based on established IPs they own? Or do you think this is a different situation since the person since the person is someone that works at Insomniac? Imran, have you been keeping up with this? Do you know what's going on here? I saw the video of it, of like the Insomniac employee who was just making his own Ratchet and Clank game in Dreams. So it's actually like an actual development tool for a a more full game idea. Yes. And so here the there's a Media Molecule tweet that I'm going to read verbatim from. Uh, they tweeted this out yesterday uh, that Josh Lehman, a designer at Insomniac Games, has been, cre- has been creating a Ratchet and Clank game in hashtag DreamsPS4 with the help of community-made assets. And then they talk about how they're going to be going live with it to, to show off the game's progress. Um, this is an interesting question because, yeah, Dream- Dreams is a game that is kind of already filled with so many fan creations and so many... Like we, I mean, we talked earlier in this episode about like creating stuff based on other IP. Dreams is kind of filled with that, and we, I, and yeah. I believe we've we've seen IP owners come through and be like, "Hey, like we don't we don't want we don't want that." Like I forget exactly which one it was, but I remember a story earlier in the year of a game being taken down because it was made off of an established IP. Yeah, I remember, and like people yelled at the guy for saying so, but it's it's logical to not want that happening. Yeah, like in and of course like that's all up to the IP owner. Like you can't really like you you we can get mad at them if it's something dumb, but like it's still their right to take it down. Yeah. Um on the PlayStation side, I think one this is an easy thing to to let go because it is somebody from Insomniac who's working on this, but also in yeah. general, I don't think I don't think I don't think PlayStation would want to take down people's creations if they're making let's say a little big planet creation in in well actually that's yeah. That one's too on the nose uh, because that is media molecule. But if, if somebody's making an, an Astrobot thing or a Ghost of Tsushima thing or like God of a God of War inspired thing in Dreams, I don't see the point of taking those things down. Yeah, Sony is never going to go like they're never going to look at this and say, "Oh, people aren't going to buy Bloodborne two because they can play a Bloodborne inside Dreams." Like, no, that's not why people buy Bloodborne. Just to like have the the more I don't want to say I don't want to use amateur as a pejorative, but an amateur. Like, like version it's, it's of it in down compared to an actual Bloodborne. Yeah, but like Nintendo would get also pretty pissy to see a Mario in Dreams because that's not their IP. That's not their con- or that's not their console that their IP is on. Sony, I don't think cares because like if you're making games for it, you're making games on a PS4. So they're clearly clearly getting what they want yeah. out of you from this. They made money somehow here, and they're not really losing anything. No one's gonna go. I wanted to see what happened to Kratos, but this guy has a pretty good take too. Yeah, and that, and I, I think that's the biggest thing, right? It's all, it's all part of their ecosystem, and and you would think that PlayStation, as the company that is publishing Dreams, gets it. Like they, they get what Dreams is about. Like they get mm-hmm. that it is people, people messing around with tools, people having fun, and people not necessarily being able to sell their creations as of this point. And so, 
like if I was playing a PlayStation, I'd be like, hey, go crazy, do whatever you want, right? As long as you're not hurting anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, on the other hand, I do understand a company like Nintendo seeing that and being like, oh, I don't know how I feel about that one. We got to do yeah. something about that. Sony, I think, is the place least poised to care. Now it's time to squat up. Cameron Kearns writes in with a squat up on PlayStation and says, hey, guys, longtime listener, first time caller. I'm looking for some more people to play with on PlayStation. After recently jumping into the Avengers beta in Fall Guys, I've been having a blast with those games and really want to dig, in, dig into them more. The only issue is that the friends I have uh, that are on PSN aren't as active nowadays. So I figured that I would reach out to the best friends in the community and see who else wants to squad up and play some more games together. I'm hoping to jump into these games and some new ones, especially with the PS5 on the horizon. Some more friends to play with is going to make the experience even better. If you want to add Cameron on PlayStation uh, and play some Fall Guys and some of the Avengers, I guess, game by the time it comes out, uh, you can add Cameron with the username CKERNS20. That is spelled C-K-I-R-N-E-S 20 on PlayStation. Go I on. Have, have a blast. Some breaking news, apparently. Whoa. Uh, the new Rainbow Six Siege operator trailer just came out. Oh, is Operation okay. Shadow Legacy, and the the description says Sam Fisher joins Team Rainbow. Wait, what? What? <laughs> Wait, yeah. like Sam Fisher is an operator in Rainbow Six Siege? That appears to be the case. Is there a trailer? There's a trailer. There's a trailer, but the full reveal is on the 16th. Oh my God! Hold up, this might be worth bringing up on the show. Let me just I'm gonna look, look up Rainbow Six. Yeah, if someone sends I, me a link, I'll uh, I can open it here. Do you want me to send it to you on Slack, Kevin? Or uh, just, you sure? Right. Yeah, send it to Kevin. As you're doing that, I'm gonna go over to kindoffunny.com slash you were wrong rewrite and let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Nail Ball just writes in and says to clarify, Vigors were invented in Bioshock Infinite by Jeremiah Fink by looking into an alternate reality in November 1984 when Doctor. Ying Sushong uh, in Rapture created plasmids and Fink went to make them his own in Infinite's timeline. Right. I understand why they're there, but like there's no gameplay foundational basis for like this is well, this is well suited for this environment. It's in there because they needed it for the game design and then wrote a backstory for it. Nanobal just also says the, K- the, the KF console being K- Kentucky Fried Chicken, not kind of funny uh the kf console was announced in june on june 15th 2020 and then a reminder that the kfc that kfc made a dating sim game Uh, but there is no console right no i don't think so hullabaloo 321 writes in and says a mobile game called alien blackout was released in january of 2019 but no console or pc release since isolation Arkwing has mentioned that yeah today today Final Fantasy XIV's free trial expands so oh yeah, that's 14. yeah fucking play that game I guess play some Final Fantasy XIV uh, and then one more um, <laughs> this comes from it's Reb sorry to bother you uh, was just writing this up and was waving my arms around a lot uh, Reb writes in and says this is the fourth time Cold Iron's been sold uh, got sold to Fox then with Fox to Disney, then to Scopely just this past January. Uh, this alien game has been in development since Cold Iron launched in 2015. Sad face. So there you go. Kevin, is this the this the trailer? Yep. Hit that play button. You should know better than to write me off. Oh my God. 
they will put this motherfucker in everything but in a Splinter Cell game. For real. Consider this a teaching moment. Like, he has to be one of the most well-traveled Ubisoft characters at this point. Wait. So is it, it's Sam Fisher as Zero or Zero? At, mm, I guess we'll have to wait and see for the 16. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see because I, I didn't understand the full concept of that. But exciting nonetheless, ladies and gentlemen, tomorrow's hosts for Kind of Funny Games Daily are Greg and Gary Witta. And of course, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live right here on twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. We have a Patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of patreon.com slash Kind of Funny Games. So stick around for that. Otherwise, until next time, game daily.